Well, it's really good to be together with you. Uh, for those who are joining online, but also for those in the room, I can say that for really the first time officially, and it's really good to see your faces. And uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing all right? It's a crazy time right now. It's okay if you're not doing all right. Uh, we live in a, a difficult and divided time. Everything possible you could think of, a pandemic that not many people saw it coming. If you did, why didn't you let us know? Come on. Uh, racism and injustice that has been there, that's been brought to the surface. Um, polarization, specifically online, as most of us, that's where we live these days. Um, wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Those have become difficult and divided times. Being unfriended on Facebook, anybody? We are living in a difficult and divided time, and uh, I think there's one thing, as I thought about it tonight, that we all can agree on, and it's this, is that we need help. Amen? I don't know where all you guys are, I don't know where all you guys are online, but whatever your perspective, personality is, preference is, we can all agree that if you look around our world, if you have internet access, we need help, right? And it's good news, because tonight, we're looking at the Bible, and the Bible offers some help. Right? In the form, primarily, of the helper, as Jesus calls him, the Holy Spirit of God. Right? And so if you missed last week, we started this series talking about the Holy Spirit called God in You. Go back and watch that on YouTube. We talked about really important in these divided times, how to be unified by the Spirit. And we saw Acts 2, that's really what happens uh, as the Spirit comes and indwells believers. So go back and watch that. But tonight, we're talking about what it means to be guided by the Spirit. And we're going to be in John chapter 14. So uh, grab a Bible, John 14, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you can pull it up on your phone and head there with me. Um, I'm going to do this a little bit each week in this series, but just unpack a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I know some of us, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time, know our Bible. Some of us haven't, or maybe you're not even a Christian, you're just curious about Jesus right now. And so the Holy Spirit is the third person of what's called the Trinity. You have God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus, and you have God the Holy Spirit. And while we don't see the word Trinity in the Bible, in fact, if you are flipping through your Bible looking for the word Trinity, you're going to be flipping for a long time, right? Because it's not in the Bible. I don't want to break that to you for the first time today, but it's not in the Bible, not the word Trinity, but the concept is all over the place. In fact, in our text today, John 14, twice, you see it. You see God the Father is sending the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is God the Son. He's talking about that. So you see the, the Trinity play out twice in this passage. And, and just to be clear, uh, God is one. God is one essence, theologians will say, but he's three distinct persons. And I know some of you are thinking, mind blown, right? That, that doesn't make sense to us. And you should feel that tension a little bit. That's a good thing, right? Because God is infinite, we're finite. And it doesn't mean we don't study the Trinity or the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we don't try to figure out all these nuances and study it. Scripture speaks to it. But there is this sense that it's bigger than us and mysterious and grand because God is grand. Amen? And so there is that sense that we wrestle with, but the Holy Spirit is equally and eternally God. Right? You see that at the very beginning of Scripture in creation, Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters during creation. And so while in Acts 2 we saw the Holy Spirit come, Jesus is going to talk about, I'm sending the Holy Spirit 
That's not the first time the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene. He's always existed from before time. He's just showing up like in Acts 2 in a specific way in dwelling believers, right? So that's a little brief, brief background on the Holy Spirit. We're going to get to that just a little bit in each part of this series because uh, I know we all come from different places, but hopefully that helps you. But tonight, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit guides us. And our first point, we're going to see the Holy Spirit guides us. If you take notes, he guides us practically. He guides us practically. And as we come to John 14, uh, here is the scene. Jesus is talking with his disciples, his followers, and he's telling them, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He says it twice in this passage that we're going to look at, uh, starting in John 14, 15. We see it twice. But what's interesting, if you just look at verse 15, as we start this thing off, Jesus isn't talking about the Holy Spirit. Look at the verse with me. He's talking about loving him, loving God, and keeping his commandments. That's what he says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And in fact, as you read throughout this passage, as much as it's about the sending of the Holy Spirit and the coming of the Holy Spirit, as much as it's about that, Jesus is also talking about loving God and keeping his commandments. That's the thread that you see throughout if you read it. We see it in verse 21. Jesus says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, if you look at that verse, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And over and over you see that. And so why, why this connection? Why is Jesus talking about loving God and keeping his commandments and the coming of the Holy Spirit? Well, if you look at the sequence, verse 15, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And the very next thing is what? You're going to need some help with that. Right? I'm going to send you a help. It's going to be really hard to love God and keep his commandments. And so I'm going to send you some help because you need it. That helper is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, I want you to see this, is incredibly practical. Right? Again, I don't know your experience with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we kind of allude to it in our series graphic. Nathan Thomas right here, who made our series graphic. Give it up for Nathan Thomas. Right? We kind of alluded to the, the ghostly nature, if you've seen our graphic on Instagram or any of those platforms, of the Holy Spirit. It looks kind of ghostly and mysterious. But if you really look at it, and we're going to talk about it as we go here, the Holy Spirit's a person, not an it. So if I say it, feel free to correct me, right? Just speak out. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But, but just feel free to know the Holy Spirit's a person. Let's all engrave that in our heads, including myself, right? It's not this ghostly, mysterious thing. It's a person. He is a person. I already did it. He is a person, and he practically helps us do what? Love God and keep his commandments. So Jesus joins those together because they make a lot of sense, and we need a lot of help. Amen? Yeah, we need a lot of help with that. Now, several times he says keeping his word, keeping his commandments. Now, when I hear commandments, I get this nervous twitch in my neck. Right? I don't know. I don't know about you, like when you hear commandments, what you think of, but as a church kid growing up in the church all the time, i just thinking of trying not to cuss. And I think of a lot of rules and regulations. Anybody else? Okay, a few of you in the room are feeling me right now. And Jesus over and over is saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we think rules and regulations and maybe try not to cuss so much, right? But if you think about that word commandments and you look specifically, this is Jesus talking here. What does Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Love God. Love neighbor, right? So if Love God and keep his commandments. Love God and love neighbor. If that's what he's talking about here, and if we just go back to the Ten Commandments even, they're primarily relational. Right? Think about it. don't steal. 
That's relational. That hurts somebody else if you steal from somebody else. Don't commit adultery. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Entirely relational with your spouse, the closest relationship you have on earth, right? And so love God and love neighbor, greatest commandment. Even the Ten Commandments, they're highly relational about loving one another. And then if you look at John, same same author, different book, 1 John 4, he says this. He says, if anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. Did you catch that? If you don't love other people, if you don't love your neighbor, then you are disobeying the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not lie or bear false witness, whatever your translation is, right? That that loving people, it's not about the rules and regulations. Primarily, it's about loving people, loving your neighbor. And when we don't do that, we don't keep his commandments, and we need help in order to do that. Now, I don't think I need to tell you guys that we need help loving one another. Right? If, again, do you have internet access? Right? Have you been out and tried to talk to some people? I, we are not, I wouldn't even say, I think I said originally, like we're struggling to love one another. I don't think we're struggling. <laughs> I don't think it's much of a struggle. When, when I think about love God and keep his commandments and primarily that being loving our neighbor, I think that's impossible. Right? Anybody else? It feels like that right now. And you need to know it is impossible save for the Holy Spirit of God. If we don't have the help of the Holy Spirit of God, it is impossible to do what Jesus is saying. But what I love about Jesus is he recognizes, hey, this is going to be hard. Maybe it's going to feel impossible. So I'm sending you a helper to love God and to love your neighbor. So the Holy Spirit is incredibly practical. As he helps us, We love people. As he helps us, we speak out when other people aren't being loved. As he helps us, love God, keep his commandments, love one another. As he helps us do that, that that starts in our head, our heart, and leads out into our hands. And we start serving people, particularly who are not like us. And we start keeping the commandments of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, by loving other people. And God helps us do that. And it is possible. Listen, can we all just take a deep breath right now? It's possible, right? By the power of the Spirit of God, through the church of Jesus Christ, who's acting, who is speaking, who is serving, who is loving other people, it's possible to do this if we have the Holy Spirit. So first question is, are you asking the Holy Spirit to guide you as you love God and as you love people? Primarily as you relate to people that are different than you. Primarily as you love somebody of a different ethnicity or a different political party than you, right? Or, or somebody who wouldn't, you wouldn't have posted that on Instagram, but they did. Are you asking the Holy Spirit to guide you as you love those people? And listen, not just like, God, please help me love those people. Help me not smite them in Jesus' name. Or help me not post this. Like, delete, help me, Jesus, help me delete this cuss word right now to this person. Not that. But are you asking the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, are you, this person I'm frustrated with that's different than me, are you calling me right now to go to them, to pick up the phone and call them, to go serve them, to go to a different neighborhood than I live, to go to specifically somebody who's different than me? Not just refrain from from saying something on social media, but actually proactively loving them. Are you relying upon the help of the Holy Spirit to do that? 
I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think it's a coincidence that tonight we're sitting here in the midst of our world right now and Jesus is connecting, being guided by the power of the Holy Spirit with loving God and loving other people, right? So are you relying upon the Holy Spirit for that? So the Holy Spirit guides us practically. Second point is the Holy Spirit guides us personally. Look at verse 17 with me. Verse 17, that last phrase, you see it? He says, you know him. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, there's a couple parts I want you to see right there is what pronouns, and you guys can answer back, what pronouns does Jesus use when talking about the Holy Spirit? Him. He. Right? Not it. Again, I think I said it earlier. It's not an it. Right? The Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit is a person. Right? And, and not only is, is he a person, uh, Ephesians 4.30 says we can grieve him. Like you would grieve another person that you would talk to, who you frustrated by something you said, or they were saddened by something you did. The Holy Spirit's a person. You can talk to him. You can ask him for help. In fact, Romans 8 tells us this. He talks on our behalf to God the Father. Romans 8 says this, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us in groans that maybe we can't understand, but he's talking. Maybe you've had that moment where you're like, God, I don't know what to say, but you keep praying, and somehow you come out of the other end of that, and you're like, man, I feel at peace. Something's different in my heart. I do want to go serve those people. I do want to love those people. The ones who watch Fox News or the ones who watch CNN. Or the ones who are different than me, like I do. And, and it wasn't your words. It was something about the words of the Holy Spirit talking to God on your behalf because the Holy Spirit is a person, right? And so verse 17 says, because he's a person, he will dwell with you and he will be in you. That's why we call the series God in you. Because the Holy Spirit isn't just practical in, in the way that it guides us. He guides us. The Holy Spirit is personal. He's guiding you. He's in you. We're going to talk about this next week, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But John 16, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to leave, and it's actually going to be good for you because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And we always think about that. And we're like, no, Jesus, you've got it all wrong. Like Jesus, Son of God, walking around us in the flesh, miracles, uh, healings, his messages that he would preach, the best preacher ever to live. And you're going to leave and it's going to be better because you're sending the Holy Spirit. How's that going to work? What is better, we're talking about it next week, because the Holy Spirit empowers each one of you. And Jesus, fully man, fully God, walking around on the earth, he can't get to everybody, right? I mean, he could if he wanted to, but the Holy Spirit is in you. He's indwelling you. And so it's incredibly personal. Even the word helper that Jesus used twice here, it's an all-encompassing word. In fact, some of your translations, if you look down at them, if you don't have ESV, it may say advocate. Right? It may say comforter. If you have, I think KJV says comforter. Uh, you may see counselor. You may see mediator or intercessor if you look at the word in the original language. It's this all-encompassing Whatever you need in the moment, if you need a comforter, the Holy Spirit's that kind of helper. If you need an advocate, someone to plead your case, if Satan is condemning you in the moment because of your sin, 
or someone else's, and you need an advocate to say, no, 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 this is my child. He's a child of God. He's not going to go towards sin and destruction. This is my child. If you need an advocate, the Holy Spirit can be that for you. It's all-encompassing the way the word is used. Verse 25, Jesus says he's also a teacher, helping you remember everything Jesus said. Listen, have you ever had one of those moments where you are struggling with sin, where you are even in the midst of a victory, and you think of all of a sudden a nugget of truth, scripture comes to your mind. You ever had one of those moments? Something just comes to your mind, and maybe it is specifically with a, a temptation, and maybe it's like, hey, I have this temptation that's right in front of me, and it seems really good to lust. Like, I mean, it just seems like, I was just looking. I mean, it just seems like a, an appealing, pleasurable thing to do. But all of a sudden, you have the Holy Spirit, the helper in you. And all of a sudden, you think about Jesus' words. Hey, if you look at another woman lustfully, that's, that's not just a look. That's adultery in your heart. And that scripture comes to mind. And then you don't lust. That's the Holy Spirit of God helping you in the midst of your specific sin struggle. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. He is incredibly personal. When you're struggling with anxiety, particularly in these days, in this season, right? A lot of us are struggling. We've gotten in our own heads. We are scrolling too much. We're by ourselves for way too long. Some of us are by ourselves with all of our kids in the house, right? Pray for us. And we've gotten in our own heads, and we start to worry. Anxiety starts to fill our hearts. But then in a moment, you think, you know what? Jesus said, don't worry It doesn't add a single hour to your life. And that just comes to you. That's the Holy Spirit helping you, right? Because the Holy Spirit is personal. So do you see the Holy Spirit that way? Do you see the Holy Spirit as, hey, I have the Holy Spirit, God in me. He is my advocate, my teacher, my helper. Whatever you need in that moment, he has been sent to you to help you. That God knows your sin struggle. That God knows where you're weak. And he's going to supply everything you need, whether it's a nugget of truth, whether it's an act of service, he's going to supply that because he's your personal helper. Do you see him that way? Lastly, the Holy Spirit guides us peacefully. So he guides us. He guides us personally. He guides us practically. He guides us peacefully. Look at verse 27 with me. Verse 27, Jesus said this. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Now, just try to picture this scene. Again, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. The guy, they left their jobs, right? They were fishing through their nets down. They followed Jesus. They gave up everything to follow him. Last three years, he's been their leader, their savior. He's supposed to be ushering in a new kingdom. Again, they think differently about what that's going to look like than Jesus does. And now he's saying, hey, I'm going to go. Think about how nervous they would have been, how anxious they would have been in that time. Jesus, you're going to leave? We gave up everything to follow you. Where's this new kingdom? Who's going to protect us? I thought we were doing big things here, and you're going to leave? Like, how would you feel? I'd be nervous. Right? I'm sure they were nervous. And yet Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving, but it's okay. Peace I give to you. You're going to have peace. Now, I think, again, as we look at our world, as we look at the division in our world, a lot of us are nervous. 
If we just pull down the facades and maybe stop being keyboard warriors for a little while and get with real people, we're nervous. I mean, even in this room, we haven't been around each other in a long time. I'm a little nervous. There's a little social anxiety, right? We're, we're nervous. Like, is the world ever going to be at peace? I mean, we have so many divisions, layers. We talked about this last, last week. Depths of division. Are we ever going to be at peace? And maybe some of us are nervous. And maybe some of us have anxiety. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and we receive that promise as well, and he is going to provide peace. And he's going to do it in you and in us and through the church of Jesus Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit. Even when we're at odds with one another, even when you can't comprehend how somebody else could vote that way or think that way or post that way or say things that way, Jesus is saying, Peace is possible. I love this quote. Uh, I came across it this week from Martin Lloyd-Jones, old British theologian and pastor. Uh, He said it this way, and I think it applies to our time, even though he's not alive now. He said, we're all on very good terms with ourselves. Anybody relate to that? (laughs) We're good with ourselves. Good with my bias, my preference, my opinion. But other people... Well, not so much, and there's division, and there's not peace. Now, some of you are thinking, Where, where's the encouragement coming, Tim? It's coming, right? It's coming. Notice what he says. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Now, that last phrase stuck out to me this week in a way that it never has before. He says, not as the world gives. Like, you're going to have peace, but it's not going to be as the world gives. Um, can I confess something to you? I'm gonna, all right? I, I, these last few months, one of the hardest things for me, amidst everything that's going on, everything that we're all experiencing, one of the hardest things for me is trying to fit myself in to the way our world pursues peace. Like the binary culture in which we live and the way through those two options typically that we pursue peace. As I've watched, as I've been online, as I've talked to some of you, as I've talked to other people in our city, one of my biggest stressors, like I'll come home and talk to my wife at night and I'm just, I'm ranting across the house and I have three kids. My oldest is 11 and she's picking up on everything I'm saying. She's like, is dad okay? And, And usually what I'm stressed out and anxious over is I just feel like, Our world's trying to pursue peace, and it's through typically two options, like Fox News versus CNN. It's typically through Republican or Democrat. Come on, election season's coming. Anybody know that? It's typically over Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, right? And I see all this, and I'm experiencing all this, and I think, okay, we got to find peace, and and I'm a leader, and so where do I need to stand, and and how is this all going to work, and it's just so stressful. I don't feel like I fit into any box, and what what does peace actually look like? And I'm looking at our world, and not intentionally, but subconsciously, I'm trying to find peace the way the world gives. And let me just tell you, a wave, a rushing wave of freedom came across my soul today, as I even looked today and just said, okay, not as the world gives. Okay, what, Jesus, what does that mean? So, so as a kingdom citizen, 
So as a follower of Jesus, so as a Holy Spirit and dwell believer, that I'm actually not looking for the kind of peace the world gives. So if I don't fit into a binary culture, if I don't fit in these boxes or categories, that's actually a good thing. And I got some peace. I no longer started ranting to my wife. I took a break. Like we don't, that's why I'm frustrated, Jaya. It's because I'm looking for the world and their categories and their boxes. And I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Holy Spirit and dwell believer. And I'm not going to find peace in those categories. I'm going to find it in Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to give you this peace. And it's going to be empowered by the Spirit of God. So I don't know when you walked in here, if you had some anxiety, if you had some fear, if if you're wondering what box you fit in and you feel like everything's so polarized. And maybe you've contributed to that. Listen, hand up. I have. And maybe you feel some of that right now. Listen, Jesus gives us peace, but it's not like the world is going to give. And so we have to find it in the Holy Spirit of God. And then as we are empowered, again, taking it back to, why does Jesus say love God and keep his commandments, love other people, and you need the Holy Spirit to do that? Why does he say that? Because if you get the Holy Spirit, it's not some ghostly thing. It's not some spiritual cliche for Christians. Well, I'm just trusting in the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. It's not just some Christian cliche, some pithy, positive, encouraging, K-love thing to say. It's not that. No, the Holy Spirit, if you seek peace His way, inspired and empowered by Him, you're going to do some things. You're going to love some people. You're going to go love some people that are different than you. You're going to speak out against people who aren't loving other people. You're going to serve people who are different than you. My wife and I were just talking about this. Hey, how can we get with another family and go love a different family that's not like us? And just be empowered by the Spirit to seek peace, to love people. It's not just a pithy thing, Holy Spirit, la, 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 kumbaya. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pursuing real peace where there's justice because we have a just God who's empowering us by his spirit to experience peace. So I'm sure I've offended all of you by now. So we're going to close this thing out. No, I, I, I realize all of us are on different ends of the spectrum here. But I would tell you this, and I would challenge you here as we close, that if you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God, if you're a kingdom citizen, if you're a follower of Jesus, let's pursue this kind of peace. Peace where there's justice, peace given to us by Jesus, peace empowered by the Spirit of God. If you're frustrated because it's not coming other ways, you're probably supposed to be because you're not going to experience peace that way. So I would challenge you, I would challenge our church, my prayer for our church, is that we would lead the way in this kind of peace, that we would be guided by the Holy Spirit of God, first and foremost, practically, personally, and peacefully. All right? Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for your spirit. God, I want to thank you for these people alongside me, even tonight in this room, and those that are joining us online who have been indwelled by your spirit. God, I pray that we would seek your help, Holy Spirit, that we would take comfort and confidence knowing that you dwell in us. And God, we can find peace and we can pursue peace.
peace and we can love one another and we can overcome sin by the power of your spirit and your spirit alone. And God, I just open up my hands to you right now and just ask that you would grant us the power of your spirit collectively as a church and individually so that we might love you and love neighbor and lead the way in that. God, we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said, amen, amen.